week five of the college football season kicks off this Saturday. Who are some of the games this weekend who might be pretty intriguing? Tune in to Prospectology to find out after a quick word from our sponsors. What's going on, everyone? We are back with episode 40 of Prospectology. I'm your host, Luch, as always. And today, breaking down week five of the college football season, I want to talk about three games, like I said in the last episode, uh, that I think you guys will enjoy this weekend. That'll be good games and uh, have tons of prospects coming out in this year's draft that uh, will be impressive, whether they're drafted in the first three rounds or the lower four to seven, uh, seventh round. So diving into it right now, we have number 22 BYU uh, against Louisiana Tech and BYU coming off impressive wins against Navy and Troy, whereas Louisiana Tech a little lackluster against Southern Miss, which they beat by one and then took a second half effort to beat and blow out Southern Baptist, but this game, I'll give a preview of it after I say some of the prospects. BYU already covered in a previous episode, so go take a look at that and find out about their prospects, but Louisiana Tech, I'm focused on today in this game. Uh, They have a split carry quarterback Kind of competition, but they use two quarterbacks, Aaron Allen and then Luke Anthony, who's number nine. Uh, He's already thrown for eight touchdowns and an interception this year. Uh, Their running back, Justin Henderson, will be pretty impressive. And then on the offensive line, they got two studs with their center, Cody Russey, and then offensive tackle, Willie Allen. And then outside on the perimeter, they have wide receivers, Griffin Hebert and then Adrian Hardy. But some of their prospects coming out in this year's draft that will probably be drafted a little bit in the later rounds. That will be pretty impressive to watch that I'll have my eye on is Willie Allen. Uh, He's the offensive tackle. Number 73, 6'6", 344 pounds. He's got prototypical NFL size. Uh, He's transferred over from LSU, so he's got some Power 5 conference play there. Uh, got strong hands, good pass sets. Um, however, gets beaten or tends to struggle with speed rushers off the edge. And when he's kick sliding, kicking out to get into his pass set, I'd like to see it get a little bit deeper because he takes short steps, which enables the defensive end to attack his outside shoulder and turn the edge quicker and and maintain that edge so needs to get a little bit deeper there so he can absorb the blow from the d end and get his hands on him and use that big big body of his and and size to just engulf defensive ends but and then we have wide receiver adrian hardy also from louisiana tech who's number six he's six two, two hundred pounds uh he'll f- fight and claw at the and attack at the catch point uh, he's got very sticky hands. He's quick off the line of scrimmage, and he's good at breaking at the top of his routes. Although you don't see him get too much separation and doesn't have very good long speed. And the last player for Louisiana Tech to keep your eye on is the end 
Willie Baker, number 85. He's 6'3", 247 pounds. Last year, he had a defensive coordinator that was playing a 3-4 defense, so he's more of that typical outside linebacker DN. Uh, But his natural position, I believe, is defensive end, which the new defensive coordinator this year is playing more of a a 4-3 defensive scheme. But Willie Baker, he's, like I said, 6'3", 247. He wrecks havoc in the backfield. He'll fight and shed blocks. Uh, He'll attack the outside shoulder of the offensive tackle to gain the edge. But at the next level, I think he has to put on more weight if he wants to strictly be that defensive end at the next level. And like I said, more of an end. Or could play him at three tech. uh, Not much of an off outside linebacker he tends to struggle there because of in coverage and some of his assignments there so play him you, you want to play him at three tech or defensive end at the next level uh it'd be pretty impressive there i see this game going uh, byu being able to protect zach wilson and be able to run the the ball with lapini uh lapini katoa um, and then playmakers on the defensive side of the ball with uh, Kyrus Tonga. I just uh, I see them getting enough pressure who have already have caused nine sacks in the last two games, uh, smothering Louisiana Tech on the defensive side of the ball. And Louisiana Tech gives up a lot of errors through, uh, gives a lot of a lot of yards through the air, and BYU will be able to take that to their advantage and make plays, uh, Zach Wilson be able to attack him through the air, which they've done the previous two games, and attack when need be with his legs. So I see BYU winning 35-21, but nonetheless got tons of prospects to uh, keep an eye on there for both teams. If you want to see, hear some of the prospects for BYU, go check out. Uh, my episode, Navy vs. BYU, I've listed them there. Just don't want to bore you guys with saying the same prospects over and over as the year goes on. But next game that intrigues me is TCU versus number 9 Texas. Uh, TCU struggled against Iowa State last week. And Texas, two impressive wins. However, their last one against Texas Tech was a shootout in overtime uh, that took massive plays from their quarterback, Sam Ellinger from Texas, and uh, their running back, Keontae Ingram, was very vital in that game. Uh, On the defensive side of the ball, they have players all over. Caden uh, Stearns, who is in my top 10 safeties. Um, they have on the offensive line Samuel Cosme, uh, who you can check him out. He's in my top 10 offensive tackles. Go listen to those episodes for full scout reports there. And Ellinger is the top 10 quarterback in this class. Um, so go check that one out as well. Actually, go check out all the episodes. Uh, you won't be disappointed. But some of the prospects that you won't hear about for each side, um, I have a few of them. And besides the normal ones like TCU, they have 
Travon Morig, uh, the safety and the combo safeties with Ardarius Washington uh, as well for TCU. Both in my top 10 for safety prospects in this year's draft. Um, So go listen to that one as well. But some prospects for each team that I haven't talked about yet in previous episodes are linebacker Joseph Asai from Texas. He's number 46, 6'3", 245. He has very good position flex. They play him at defensive end slash outside linebacker. Uh, He's got quick feet, uh, click and close ability, good length uh, to fight off blocks. And tons of room for growth. Uh, however, not as impressive in pass coverage uh, in his linebacker role when he does drop back. And his feet can get a little over, over anxious. And his speed, he's, he's got incredible speed, but sometimes it gets uh, the better of him on his plays, um, running pass plays and, and things like that. So he needs to kind of take a breather and and sit back and relax. But And then we have another prospect from Texas that I haven't talked about yet is wide receiver Brennan Eagles, uh, number 13, 6'4", 225 pounds. Uh, be a later-round prospect as uh most of these guys will be besides Joseph Asai I think will be top uh or not top but he'll be a th- between th- second and third round pick uh for me but Brendan Eagles uh for Texas strength at the catch point strong hands he'll win those 50-50 balls most of the time uh uses his size well to create space um doesn't get too much separation. Uh, however, he's more of a deep threat. Um, and uh, I question how quickly he, how quick he is at his top speed. Um, but those are two prospects I haven't talked about from Texas. On TCU side, besides the two stud safeties, uh, J.D. Spielman uh, from TCU, the wide receiver, he's number 10. 5'9", 180 pounds. He's elusive uh, when he's uh, on one-on-one battles. Got a good change of direction, good vision. Uh, They play him mostly in the slot for mismatches. Uh, He's able to adjust to the football. Got very strong hands. Uh, His length and size at the next level will be a problem. He'll be strictly uh, that slot receiver. And... I wouldn't ask him, and he doesn't get asked for TCU to be blocking on the perimeter. So those are the two things that kind of some of the weaknesses in his game. Uh, also on the other side of the ball for TCU is, along with those safeties, is linebacker Garrett Wallow, uh, number 36 230 pounds. He's a smooth mover, great at blitzing. Great closing speed, uh, consistent tackler, got good range and good cover ability. Uh, He needs to be able to process and read and diagnose a little bit quicker. Uh, He's known to, or you see him take some false steps. His footwork gets a little sloppy when he has to kind of take his time to read the play. And he is strictly a weak side linebacker right now. Uh, however, if he adds some more mass to his body, more weight, 
uh, he'll be able to be that uh, prototypical middle linebacker role. Uh, the way I see this game going, uh, it'll be a close contest. TCU is very good against Texas over the past couple of years. I believe 6-2 and two against Texas lately. Uh, especially in Arlington against Texas. Uh, so TCU will make a game of it. However, on TCU's side, their offensive line play has to get better. Uh, they were poor against Iowa State. And then Texas, uh, just keep running the ball with Keontae Ingram. Uh, he's a stud. And uh, let Sam Ellinger do his thing in the pocket. Um, and... I would like Texas, for them to win, uh, they have to get pressure. Uh, lately, they haven't been able to get apply too much pressure on defense, so have to get pressure there. However, I see this being a slugfest with Texas winning the game 34-31, and those are some of the prospects I haven't covered yet. And the best for last, this game I'll be, um, as well as the rest of the country, will be focused on pretty heavily is number two Alabama versus number 13 Texas A&M. As you all know, um, and if you don't know, I've covered a bunch of Alabama prospects already. Uh, Have to go take a look back at the previous episodes for that uh, because I'll be here all day and the episode will be about 30 minutes if I cover all of them again. But focusing on Texas A&M, some of their prospects to watch, um, starting off with their linebacker, Anthony Hines III, number 19. He's 6'3", 230 pounds, uh, good in space, good coverage skills. Uh, He's good at working and crashing the edge, maintaining that edge, uh, but struggles to disengage off blocks uh, and tends to struggle in man-to-man coverage where his Yet again, feet work, get a little sloppy, and they kind of tumble over each other because he's not able to read the routes uh, fast enough. Uh, Second player to keep an eye on is probably one of the most important ones on Texas A&M is Kellen Mon, the quarterback, number 11. He's 6'3", 217 pounds, got good velocity. He has a very quick, snappy release, uh, more of a shotgun quarterback. I don't see him really take too many snaps from center. Uh, He's very tough. He's taken a lot of hits over the years uh, for Texas A&M, but able to get up and keep keeping on. Um, Good at throwing on the run. Uh, He's able to go through his reads uh, good enough or quick enough. Uh, He's accurate uh, when throwing short or intermediate levels of the field. However, I'd like to see him play a little bit faster, get through his reads a little quicker, uh, decision-making a little bit better at times. Um, He's a little undisciplined at times when he feels pressure in the pocket. Sometimes he'll just try to throw it deep and uh, try to allow his receiver to kind of bail him out, but it doesn't always happen that way. So just needs to take care of the ball, especially against a team like Alabama with studs on both sides of the ball. Uh, you also got interior offensive lineman Ryan McCollum, number 77 for Texas A&M, 6'5", 305 pounds. Uh, he's got position flex. He's played both guard and center. Uh, he's good at setting up when he was playing center, good at 
uh, reading the blitzes and, and setting up his former, or not his former, but his teammates to uh, be able to slide protection and uh, set up their pass protections. Very good at that. Good good IQ there at reading defenses. Um, however, he is a utility guy. They'll plug him in that center or guard or whatever area they need. Um, so, not your typical starter. He was demoted last year to just like a utility fill-in type of guy. But uh, And he also tends to play, play with a high pad level. And he can be kind of be a little unbalanced. And the last wide receiver for Texas A&M to keep an eye on is Yaman Osbin. Uh, he's a wide receiver for Texas A&M. He's number two. 6'2", 218 pounds. He's quick off the line of scrimmage. He'll fight for extra yards. Very physical receiver. Um, got average speed. Uh, not saying that he isn't quick, but uh, not that blazer who's going to blow by everyone. Um, I saw him, when he's making catches, kind of haul it into his body. Um, so more of a body catcher, which uh, you know how I feel there. And doesn't get a lot of separation. He'll have to live off of making contested catches, but does play the ball in the air uh, quite well and uh, provides a pretty solid target for Kellen Mond. This game, with the prospects uh, that are too hard to list again because there's so many of them for Alabama on both sides of the ball with Devontae Smith, wide receiver, um, Najee Harris, the running back, Solid offensive line with Deontay Brown at guard and Alex Leatherwood at uh, left tackle and Dylan Moses on the defensive side of the ball with Patrick Sertan, Josh Joby, Christian Barmore up front on the defensive line providing pressure. I think Alabama and and Texas A&M both well coached by Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban. Uh, It'll be a a really tough game for Texas A&M. I think they'll stick with Alabama for a little while until both teams get a feel for each other. And in the second half, I think Alabama with that physical offensive line running game and Mac Jones actually playing fairly well, making plays through the air to those uh, wide receivers. Um, He'll be able to make tons of plays through the air especially with uh, players like Devontae, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Waddell, um, who, when they get the ball in their hands, can take it to the house at any point. I think Alabama will just wear them down with that offensive line and the running game with Najee Harris and win the game, I'm going to say, 35 to thirty-five to 20. Um, I'm going to say Alabama kind of rolls, uh, roll tide. So if you have a game that you want me to know about, that you want me to keep an eye on, or a couple of prospects that you want me to watch in some of the games this weekend, hit me up on the Twitter, at Luch Bryant. I'm always there to talk sports, especially college and NFL football. Uh, Let me know what games you guys are interested in watching and some of the players that you'll be taking a look at um until then till the next episode i'm your host luch and this has been another episode of prospectology where we're getting you ready 
for the 2021 NFL Draft, one prospect at a time. Thank you all. Have a good day. Peace.